Well, this Christmas season at City Church, we've been looking at failed expectations and how they affect our Christmas season. And for me personally, while I do have expectations of what our government should do, of what a church should do, of what my family should do, of what my friends should do, uh, whenever others don't meet my expectations, even though it bothers me just in the moment, it doesn't last for very long because I've learned We're all human, we're all going to make mistakes, and things often are not going to go the way I think they should go. And I don't know about you, but I, I can live with that. I choose to live with that. But what I struggle with the most is when I don't live up to my own expectations. I hate to not be good enough. I remember back in the seventh grade, long time ago, when I was going out for football at Whittier Junior High here in San Antonio, we had a new coach that was a bear of a man. He was as tall as I am. He was six foot four, but he weighed 250 pounds. He was a brand new coach. He had just come from playing college football. I mean, his shoulders were massive. His head and neck were like he had no neck. He had short blonde hair, and I still remember red freckled skin. And we young boys, we were all in awe of this guy. And I can tell you, we wanted to do whatever he told us to do, and we wanted to do it well. So on one of the first days of practice in pads, he gave us a drill to do. He called us up in groups of five, and you had to take a football, and you had to hold it completely extended over your head like this, and then you had to turn in circles. First, you had to do 10 times counterclockwise, then you had to change and do 10 times clockwise, and you had to do that as fast as you could. Well, he called the first group of five up, and when he did, they started and they went as fast as they could and one guy actually fell down and we all kind of laughed at him and then the second group of five came up and none of them fell down and the third group of five came up and none of them fell down and at that point coach stopped the exercise and he walked into the middle of us and he came unglued He turned red in the face and he began to lecture us at the top of his voice and he informed us that it was impossible to do this drill correctly and not fall down. The only way to remain standing was to cheat. Either you didn't do the full 20 reps or you didn't do them as fast as you could. And then he lowered the boom. He told us he didn't want a bunch of cheaters playing football for him. Wish I'd have been the guy who had fell down. We'd been caught red-handed. It was a dumb drill. Why would any of us cheat? Well, the answer, I think, is actually pretty simple. We wanted to meet or exceed his expectations. But that's where the problem comes in, doesn't it? There is no possible way that all of us can always meet all the expectations all the time. 
We all have intellectual limitations. We have physical limitations. We have personality limitations. We have social limitations. We certainly have financial limitations. There's no way we can all be in the top 100 percentile. Someone has to be average, and guess what? Someone has to be below average. There's no way we can all cook the perfect Christmas meal, host the perfect Christmas party, decorate the perfect Christmas house, give the perfect Christmas gift, twirl the football, and not fall down. We're just not that good. So let's just help each other right now get over the fact that none of us are going to meet all of our own expectations all the time. Turn to your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor and say to them like you mean it, you're not good enough. Just go ahead right now. I thought you might enjoy that. (laughs) We're not good enough, are we? But you know what? Okay, it doesn't take that long to say you're not good enough. (laughs) You know, it kind of hurts to think of yourself as possibly being average or just below average, doesn't it? I mean, how are we supposed to handle this tendency to want to meet or exceed expectations when deep down we know that we're inadequate? Well, I think there is a truth that leaps off the pages of the Christmas story that helps us with the pressure we feel to always have to be good enough. It involved Joseph the future husband of Mary. Joseph and Mary, as you know, were engaged to be married. And in Jewish culture, there were all kinds of expectations surrounding the engagement period. Essentially, you were to uh, behave as if you were already married, but you didn't live together and you weren't sleeping together. And these expectations were taken very seriously in Jewish culture. But Joseph and Mary had a problem. You may remember that when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and told her that she was going to have a baby and that she would conceive this child miraculously, the the angel also told her that her cousin Elizabeth, who had had a hard time getting pregnant, had been pregnant now already for six months. And after the angel left, Mary immediately traveled to Elizabeth's home, and she stayed with her through her last trimester of pregnancy. Mary was gone for three months. And when she returned, it was impossible to hide the fact that she was pregnant. Mary hadn't lived up to the most basic Jewish expectation regarding her engagement to Joseph, which was to remain sexually faithful. She had cheated on him. Imagine how shocked Joseph was. And I wonder, I wonder what Joseph was really thinking in his own private thoughts. I wonder what kind of scenario he created in his own head about this situation. Maybe he thought that Mary had met another guy while she was on this trip. 
Why would she do that? Was he not good enough? Maybe Joseph thought he wasn't good looking enough or not rich enough or not suave enough or maybe he just wasn't lovable enough. Maybe he couldn't twirl a football without falling down. Those are probably the thoughts I would have had if I had been Joseph. So Joseph was contemplating dissolving their engagement. According to Jewish law, this was completely within his rights, and if he wanted to, he could have made a public spectacle of Mary in the process. But the scriptures tell us that Joseph was a good guy, and he was just planning to quietly put her away and go on with his life. Apparently, they weren't good enough. But then, as all these thoughts were swirling around in Joseph's mind, we're told that God got involved. Here's how the original Christmas story said it. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Mary's pregnancy had nothing to do with whether Joseph was good enough or whether Mary was good enough. This was God's doing. And he is always good enough. He doesn't make mistakes. To put it into normal terms, God told Joseph, don't worry, man, I got this. When you and I can't live up to our own expectations or to someone else's expectations, this is what God always says to us. We may not be good enough, but God's got this. Unexpected events happen. God's got that. Fallout with family. God's got that. Religious questions or doubts. God's got that. A friendship that's going through a hard time. God's got that. Maybe you're alone during these holidays. God's got that. Maybe you're not performing well at work or an addiction is overwhelming you or your financial debt is out of control. God's got that. Or maybe your marriage is on the rocks or the holiday expectations are just too great to be met. God's got all of that. You see, God can twirl a football without falling down. And if you'll let him, God will get involved with you just like he got involved with Joseph. And nowhere is this more true than in our own relationship with him. God is perfect. Which of us can live up to that expectation? If getting into heaven requires us to twirl a football without falling down, none of us can succeed. It's impossible. None of us are good enough. We can't even live up to our own expectations, much less the expectations of God. But there too, God says, hey, don't worry. I got this. Look again at what he said to Joseph. 
She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is the Savior. Because he alone meets God's standard of perfection. And when Jesus died on the cross for our sin, he twirled the football without falling down. He met God's expectations and did for us what none of us are good enough to do for ourselves. That's the gospel. It's God's way of saying for each of us, I've got this, and that's what Christmas is really all about. And so here's what I'm asking you to do this Christmas. Whatever expectations you can't live up to, give those to God. Trust him with the details of your life, and if you never have, trust him for eternal life. Because if you'll let him, God will do for you what he did for Joseph. He's got it. Because Jesus is God with us. You know, Jesus said that you are the light of the world. And unless you hide your light under something else, everyone's going to see the light that is in you. And that's what we want to be. That's what Jesus has done in us, and it's what we want to show to other people. Y'all, we want to thank you so much for being here. Let me just tell you that next weekend, we're moving to our new times for 2017, and those are on the board, so be sure and take note of that. And before we get out of here tonight, I'd like to just pray a blessing over you. And if you're willing to, you don't have to, but if you're willing to, if you just kind of hold your hands out like, lay it on me, God. Whatever, I'm ready to receive it. Let me pray a blessing over us. Our Father, we thank you that you are a giving, blessing, I got this kind of God. And Lord, you know we need that. And so I pray tonight, first of all, that you would bless these who are here with light. Lord, I pray that for those who aren't quite sure what's going on in their life, they're not sure how to move forward, they're in a bit of darkness, I pray that you would light up their life. I pray that you would show them truth. I pray, Lord, that you would show them the next step to take. And as we've already said, Father, we pray that we would be a light to others. And then, Lord, I pray also that you would bless this group of people with peace. Lord, you came, and you were the Prince of Peace, and you brought peace to us. And so we ask that you would bless our families and our lives and our friends and our colleagues with peace. Lord, we pray that for this world knowing that when you come again as the Prince of Peace, that there will be peace on earth as there is in heaven. And then, Lord, thirdly, I pray that you would bless this group of people with grace. Lord, you know we need it. None of us are good enough. And we thank you for the grace 
that you have shown us in Jesus as you came and you lived among us and you died and gave your life for us on the cross. And Lord, for anyone here this evening who has yet to receive your grace and to receive the eternal life that only you can give, I pray that they would receive it tonight. And so, Lord, it is my prayer that you would bless these people as we go. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.